the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now, this is also true for an individual. An individual, uh, you, you can't strengthen yourself as long as you continue to live in iniquity. And it doesn't mean we live a sinless life. We, we still sin. We fall short. But when we sin, we, we confess our sins. We repent of our sins. We walk in the light with our sins. This is talking about you know, just a deliberate living a lifestyle of iniquity. The word iniquity means, means perverseness or crookedness. As Babylon was carrying out God's destruction on his people as judgment for sin, they sought help from God through his priests and prophets, but they continued to live in their sin. There was no hope of help or added spiritual strength if the people continued to sin. Today, Pastor Dan will challenge you to remember that you'll never grow spiritually and never get the spiritual help you need if you refuse to repent. Living in rebellion will only weaken you. God will only do so much. You must humble yourself and repent. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Then you shall know that I am the Lord who strikes. Not just I am the Lord, but I am the Lord who strikes. Jehovah who strikes, who smites. The Bible has a lot of different names for God. You know, uh, the the God who provides, uh, the God of peace. But here, here he is, the God who strikes. Jehovah who strikes, the Lord who strikes. He strikes sinners. He smites sinners. But instead of striking us for our sin that we deserve, God instead struck His own Son on the cross of Calvary. He's the God who strikes But He didn't strike us. He struck His Son instead on the cross. Isaiah 53.10 says, It pleased the Father to bruise Him, speaking of Jesus. You know, God didn't wink at our sin. God didn't turn a blind eye to our sin. He, He didn't simply ignore our sin. No, He's the God who strikes. And He struck His own Son in our place as our substitute. Jesus was struck down on the cross for our sins, so that we don't have to be struck down by the God who strikes. So that we can be forgiven. So that we can be reconciled to God. Have peace with God. Look at verse 10. Behold the day. 
Behold, it has come. Doom has gone out. The rod has blossomed. Pride has budded. Violence has risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain. None of their multitude. None of them. Nor shall there be wailing for them. God, God says, he, he describes this, uh, this judgment here of Israel. And he says Israel is like, like a rod that has blossomed. Like a plant that has blossomed. In other words, her, her sin has come to fruition. She's ripe for judgment, we might say. She's ripe for judgment. You know, Jesus used a similar illustration in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 24 when he said, Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. He says, When you see the fig tree begin to put forth leaves, you, you know the time of judgment is drawing near. That, that she's appro- approaching the time of judgment. She's almost ripe for judgment. And here in Ezekiel, the Lord says, the rod is blossoming. The time for judgment has come. She's ripe. She's ready. God has been patient. God has been long-suffering with Israel. God has pleaded with her. God has sent prophet after prophet after prophet to her to try to plead with her and persuade her to turn back and she has refused. And so now the time has come. Time has come. Listen, the Bible says that God will not always strive with a man. He's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance and salvation. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked And at the same time, he will not always strive with a man. There's there's a limit. He's he's long-suffering. He's patient. But there is a limit to it. There's a line. And here God says, your time is up. I'm done striving with you. I'm done wrestling with you. Your time's up. He's waited long enough. You know, in Isaiah chapter 5, God says to Jerusalem, what more could I have done for you? (laughs) What more could I have done for you? God gave them every opportunity to repent and be saved, and He was patient with them and long-suffering with them, but but He's not going to strive forever with them. And their time's up. You know, the same is true for individuals. You're watching this and, and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ. You've never taken that step of putting your faith in Christ. I want you to know that God gives us opportunity to repent of our sins and believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. But He's not going to strive with us forever. He's not going to strive with you forever about this decision. Yes, He's patient. Yes, He's long-suffering. Yes, he's, he's gracious and He's merciful and He loves you and He desires for you to be saved. But He's not going to strive with you about this decision forever and ever. There's a point where God will say, oh, okay, your time's up. I'm not going to strive with you about this anymore. If, if, if you don't want salvation, if you don't want to receive Jesus Christ, if you don't want eternal life with me, then fine. That's your final answer. And your time's up. And, and the thing is, we don't know where that line is. We don't know at what point we cross that line where God says, I'm not going to strive with you about this anymore. I'm done fighting you. 
We don't know where that line is. That's why the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Don't, don't put it off. Because you don't know when you're approaching that line or when you're going to cross that line. Where God will just stop striving. Verse 12, he goes on, the time has come. The day draws near. Now watch what he says. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn, for wrath is on their whole multitude. When the judgment comes upon Jerusalem, again at the hands of the Babylonians, and upon Judah, at that time, circumstances will be so severe that no one will be buying or selling. No one will be conducting business. There, there, there will be no point to conducting business because everything will be destroyed by the Babylonians. And when, when the land of Judah and Jerusalem are under siege by the Babylonian army, listen, business was not on people's minds during that siege. Money was not on people's minds. Buying and selling was not on people's minds. You know, with this, this current pandemic that we're going to, business has been on everyone's mind. You know, uh, the economy has been on everyone's mind. The stock market has been on everyone's mind. People are worried about their jobs. People are asking, when, when will the economy open back up? When will we be able to go back out again? When Jerusalem was under siege by the Babylonians, no one was thinking about the economy. No one was thinking about the stock market. They had bigger things to worry about than the S&P 500. Oh, everything was collapsing on them. Wrath was on the whole multitude, it says. It, it affected everyone. I mean, it, it didn't matter who you were or where you were economically in society. It affected everyone. Now watch verse 13. For the seller shall not return to what has been sold, though he may still be alive. For the vision concerns the whole multitude. So it's not going to be just an, an isolated portion of the uh, of, of society, and it shall not turn back. No one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. Now, what is verse 13 talking about? For the seller shall not return to what has been sold, though he may still be alive. Now, according to the law of Moses, property was returned to its original owner every 50 years in what was called the year of Jubilee. And that's what verse 13 is referring to here, when it says the seller will not return to what has been sold, though he may still be alive. In other words, what, what he's saying here really is that the Jewish people will no longer possess the land when the next jubilee comes. When the next jubilee rolls around, they'll be conquered and deported to Babylon before the year of jubilee. Judgment was coming and it will not turn back. There's going to be no stopping it. And so even though you may have sold your land, you're not going to get that land back because you're going to be in captivity by the time the year of Jubilee comes around. And I like this phrase at the end of verse 13. You should, I think, highlight it. No one will strengthen himself 
who lives in iniquity. You know, he's saying this to the nation of Judah. And what he says here, I believe, applies to a nation. It also applies to an individual. He's saying here that the nation will not get stronger as long as they continue in their iniquity. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. For as long as they continue in their sin, things will not get better for that nation. I think about our own nation. The things that we have going on. As long as our nation continues in our iniquity, things will not improve. We're not going to get stronger. Things are not going to get better. They might, they might settle down and go back to the way they were, but they're not going to get better. And, and the, the issues that are weakening our nation are sin issues. Their iniquity, their spiritual issues. And, and as he's saying here to the nation of Judah, as long as we don't deal with them, they're just going to make us weaker as a nation. Now, this is also true for an individual. An individual, uh, you, you can't strengthen yourself as long as you continue to live in iniquity. And it doesn't mean we live a sinless life. We, we still sin. We fall short. But when we sin, we, we confess our sins. We repent of our sins. We walk in the light with our sins. This is talking about you know, just a deliberate living, a lifestyle of iniquity. The word iniquity means, means perverseness or crookedness. Depravity. Just, we, we just are walking in those things. I'm not going to become spiritually strong if I'm walking in and living in iniquity. And neither are you. Your, your spiritual life isn't going to improve as long as you have iniquity that you're allowing to continue in your life. The good news is, is we can confess our sins. And the Bible promises that God will be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. We can put it under the blood of Jesus and He takes away our sin. He takes away our iniquity. But we have to repent of those things. We have to turn away from them and get them out of our lives if we want to be stronger. Otherwise, they're just going to weaken us and keep us weak. Things aren't going to get better for us. It's an important word for us here in verse 13. No one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. Now watch verse 14. They have blown the trumpet and made everyone ready 
but no one goes to battle. (laughs) For my wrath is on all their multitude. Uh, and, And here the picture that Ezekiel is using, that God's giving Ezekiel, is that of a a watchman who was the watchman over a city. Remember back in chapter 3, God appointed Ezekiel to be the watchman over the people of Israel that were in Babylon. A watchman's job job was to stand on the wall of the city and sound the alarm when the enemy army approaches. In verse 14, the watchman is blowing the trumpet. He's sounding, sounding the alarm to the nation That danger is fast approaching, but then no one goes to battle. No one responds to the warning. No one's taking action. No one's doing anything. The nation is just ignoring the warning and and continuing on as if no danger is threatening them. Again, I think you can make parallels to our nation. Or you as an individual. You know, maybe you're someone that God has, you have some kind of iniquity in your life, some kind of sin, and God has warned you and warned you, and you've heard the alarm. You've felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but you're just continuing on. Just ignoring that conviction. Ignoring the warning. Acting as if nothing is happening. Taking no action. It's foolishness. He says the sword is outside and the pestilence and famine within. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword. Whoever is in the city, famine and pestilence will devour him. Uh, We've talked about this many times, how the Babylonian army would surround a city. The cities were walled. They had a wall around them for protection and for defense. And the Babylonian would just surround the city, cut off the food supply, cut off the water supply, and starve out the people that were inside the city. So here he talks about the sword is outside the city. You go outside the city, the Babylonian army's out there, they're going to kill you. You stay in the city, there's pestilence and famine within the city. Whoever's in the field's going to die by the sword. Whoever stays in the city is going to die from famine or pestilence or disease. We know the Babylonians lay siege, laid siege to the city of Jerusalem for a year, year and a half or more. 18 months or more. People inside the city were, were cut off and just dying of famine and, and disease. Those who survive, verse 16. Those who survive will escape and be on the mountains like doves of the valleys all of them mourning, each for his iniquity. Every hand will be feeble and every knee will be as weak as water. They will also be girded with sackcloth. Horror will cover them. Shame will be on every face. Baldness on all their heads. So we're told a remnant will escape the siege of the Babylonians. They'll escape to the mountains where they will mourn, it says. They'll mourn. For their iniquity, instead of, instead of rejoicing that they escaped, rejoicing that they got out with their lives, they're going to mourn. And they're going to mourn 
for their iniquity. They'll put on sackcloth. They'll shave their heads in sorrow and repentance. Back in chapter 6, verse uh, 9, the Lord said, they will loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed. He says, of those who escaped to the mountains, every hand will be feeble. Every knee will be as weak as water. They'll be too weak and frightened to fight. They'll be too weak and frightened to fight. Now it's describing those who are able to escape to the mountains. In verse 19 it says, they will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like refuse, like garbage. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They will not satisfy their souls nor fill their stomachs because it became their stumbling block of iniquity. As they flee to the mountains, as they're fleeing out of the cities of Judah and Jerusalem, they toss their gold and their silver in the streets like garbage. That gold and silver is only going to slow them down as they're trying to escape. Besides that, it says, you know, what, what good is money if it can't buy you food to eat? It's worthless. That money can't satisfy your soul. It can't fill your stomach. You can't eat the gold. So they just dump it. Proverbs 11.4 says, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. From death. What, what good is your riches when you're going to die? When it comes the time for you to die, listen, how much money you have in the bank is not going to really matter to you. What is going to matter to you and what's going to matter to me is am I right with God? Am I right with God? It's righteousness that delivers you from death. Being right with God through Jesus Christ. That's what's going to matter. That when I step out of this life and I step into the presence of God, will He receive me? Will He accept me? Will He say, well done, good and faithful servant? You know, Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but in the end he loses his soul? Gain the whole world, all the, all the silver and gold in the world. But what good is that if in the end you lose your soul? Salvation through Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing you could ever possess. More than all the gold and silver in, in the world. And, and besides that, we aren't taking gold and silver into eternity you know, you can't roll over your 401k into some account in heaven so that you have it in heaven. It's interesting here as these people are fleeing and running for their lives that they would take their gold and their silver and just dump it in the street like, like garbage. It's interesting how times of crisis have a way of making us realize what's really valuable and what's really important to us and what really matters and what we really need. And it's interesting how a time of crisis can reorder our priorities, isn't it? He asked me how I know and I say, bring 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.